how you guys doing today? You guys happy to be here? I am happy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I know Rachel says it all the time, every day, or not every day, every time we gather, it's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. But it is. I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful that I woke up this morning. I'm thankful that I'm breathing right now. I'm thankful that my heart's beating. We have a lot more things to be grateful and thankful for than we do uh, to complain about. Amen? If we focus more on what we have more than what we don't have, um, we're living way above most people in society today. Amen? So why don't we go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to kind of go back to the basics today. Um, because this is something that I feel is lacking in the body of Christ, and I'm actually going to show you some statistics to prove it, and I think it's something that if we do this, it will change our lives, it'll make our lives better, I guarantee it, that's how sure I am of this. All right, so you in 1 Samuel chapter 3, are you guys there? Yes, that's about half of you, are the other half almost there? Okay, cool. All right, 1 Samuel 3, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. We're going to read for a while, verse 1. I'll read verse 1 through 10. So 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 through 10. All right, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. I am sleeping right now. Do not disturb me when I'm sleeping. I just added that in there in case you didn't realize that. Make sure you're paying attention. All right, Samuel did not know the Lord, did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message of the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if, someone, and if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Oh, sorry. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, for your servant is listening. The title of my message today is, hello, I'm right here. And that's God saying that to us. I think sometimes we think God is far. God is distant. God is nowhere near my circumstances. God is nowhere near my life. But all the reality is, is, hello, I'm right here. He's inside of you. He's around you. Amen? All right, so before we continue, I want to pray real quick. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for the ability and the opportunity to be here. Father God, help me to preach boldly as I ought to. Help us have Ears to, ear, ears to hear and eyes to see all you have for us today. Thank you, Lord, for your power and your anointing to break chains. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So recently I was looking uh, 
probably, yeah, last month, mid last month, I was looking at the new Apple AirPod Pros. Super sweet. I'm like, ooh, the price was a little, little out there. I'm like, I don't know if I need these. I still have my good, you know, beats that I wear when I work out. But so I said, uh, maybe later. So the week of Thanksgiving comes, and I am working out, and something's kind of wrong with my right earbud. I said, oh, this is kind of weird. I don't know what's wrong. So after I get done working out, I uh, take the earbud out, and lo and behold, it's broken. And I said, is this a blessing or a curse? And it's just dangling. I'm like, I can't use it anymore. But inside, I was like, praise the Lord. So I said, Rachel, I have to go to Best Buy. And that usually means money is being spent. But she's like, you know what? We haven't gone for a few months. You've done really good, really good. Let's go to Best Buy. I said, okay, okay, let's go to Best Buy. Little did she know I was about to spend some money on new Apple AirPod Pros. That's exactly what I did. And I did it in faith, praise the Lord. So anyway, oh, there's Rachel. And uh, so anyway, I, I bought them. You know, I'm excited. I open them up. I had to update my phone. It took forever. Um, I put them in. So what's cool about the AirPod Pros is that they have two features in them. One's called noise cancellation. They're the first earbuds to have noise cancellation. Usually you can get over the ears and they have that. But they also have this other mode called transparency mode. And what it does is it amplifies the, uh, the voices, the noises around you. So that way you don't ever have to take out your earbuds to talk to somebody. And you can still keep listening to your music. This is not an ad for the Apple AirPod Pros. I'm, I'm just telling you, this is what they do. This is what's really cool about them. So anyway, I got them. I put them in. I'm like, oh. So I, I had to test them out, right? So I said, I went into the kitchen. I said, Rachel, talk. I put on noise cancellation. And, and uh, I couldn't hear her. Again, I was like, praise the Lord. And then... And then I said, and then I, when I flipped it to transparency mode, and I said, Rachel, talk. And all of a sudden, I could hear her clearly, distinctly, but I could still listen to my music at the same time. And I said, wow, this is like the best thing ever. What's funny about that is I think, you know, we already have those two modes in us. We have noise cancellation, and we have transparency mode. I think a lot of us are in noise cancellation mode when it comes to hearing the voice of the Lord. We uh, are too busy. We don't take time out of our day to spend time with him. Right? How many know we need to turn into transparency mode? So even when the things of life are going around, even when we're still listening to music, even when we're still, uh, you know, in the midst of our day, the voice of God is amplified in our lives. Amen? Think, think, about, think about this, you know, when my mom, she, if she calls me, I technically wouldn't even have to look at the phone to, to know that it's her when I say hello. She says, hello, what are you doing? Automatically know it's my mom, right? Why? Because we've been talking since, well, since I came out of her. <laughs> Gross, right? Um, but it's a long time. I've known her voice. Her vo- I technically have known her voice ever since I've been inside of her. Babies know their parents' voices because while they're in the womb, they're talking and, yeah, all that weird stuff. But I know her voice. And what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? My sheep know my voice, and a stranger's voice they will not follow. But why do I know her voice? 
It's because I spent time with her. They, um, I remember learning in school, they said, before, you know, say, um, say you went to like your 10-year reunion, 20-year reunion, and the moment you heard somebody's voice, you would actually recognize it before you would recognize their face. You recognize, we're just programmed to hear, to recognize somebody's voice better than we are to know who they are by their face. Isn't that interesting? But what if you don't spend time with that person? What if you don't know their voice? Well, then, how are you going to know it's them? The devil could come and imitate that voice, but he can't imitate it perfectly, right? But if you don't know his, the Lord's voice, how many know you can fall for a fake? Amen? So, I'm going to share some interesting statistics. You might have to repent after hearing these. I know I had to. Okay, so according to Barna, the average Christian spends one minute a day in prayer. I wrote, what? <laughs> Could be true, though. According to Christian Today, 90% of Christians read their Bible and spend 10 to 20 minutes a day doing so. Okay, that's pretty good, right? Only 31% said they set aside substantial period of time to pray, though. Ooh, ooh. We need to live a balanced life. We need to read the word, but we need to spend time in his presence. Check this out. 43% of evangelical Christians said busy Martha was the most relatable Bible character. Three times more relatable than her sister Mary. Ooh. Ouch. Busy Martha? Really? That's the best we got? That's sad. And what's even more sad is I think it's never been more vital to spend time with God than in today's day and age. We've got crazy things happening in our country, you know, around the world. We need to be praying for our leaders. We need to be praying for guidance, protection, health, all this stuff. But it's kind of hard to do that when we're averaging one minute of, day, one minute of the day to pray. Are you really going to get to know somebody only spending a minute a day with them? Probably not. That's a bad recipe for, <laughs> for marriage, right? If me and Rachel only spent a minute together, then we, well, I can probably guarantee we probably wouldn't be married anymore, right? You got to spend time with them. You got to spend time with God. Amen? Now, this message isn't to condemn you, because believe it or not, I actually didn't want to preach this message because I haven't been doing a, that good of a job. And it's easy to make excuses Oh, I just have a kid. Oh, I'm busy at work. Oh, I have to, you know, get my workout in. Oh, I have to, you know, uh, minister to my friends. Right? No. <laughs> no, not right. That's called excuses, right? And guess what? Whatever you put, important, put of importance in your life, whatever you give weight to, you will find time to do it. You will find time to go to Olive Garden and carve out. Praise the Lord. You will find time to go get Pizza Hut. Cody says yes. Yes. Right? You will find time to hang out with your kids, right? If it's important to you. You will find time to spend with your wife because your marriage is important. Just because we're busy doesn't mean we're productive. I think that's a big misconception. Oh, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. I use that all the time when somebody says, how you doing? 
Ah, busy, busy. Why? Why are you busy? Now, we have lives, and, you know, a lot of us have more than one kid and everything, and God understands that. That's why I'm not going to tell you how much time you should be spending with God, because I think the Lord's already told you how much time you should be spending with Him. Because we're all at different points in our relationship with Him. It's not one time, that's works. I'm not going to tell you two hours. No, no. The Lord could be telling you 15 minutes. And that could be a stretch for you. Are you guys okay today? Oh my goodness. You guys are silent. Maybe I'm Maybe this is the message that was supposed to come out today. But guess, I'm stepping, I'm stepping on toes. I'm all up in your business today. <laughs> but guess what? Why wouldn't we want to spend time with the creator of the universe? Why? So we can watch more TV? Right? So we can play video games? Older people are like, we don't, you guys are dumb, we don't do that. <laughs> okay, reading the newspaper, listening to the news. Huh? Why are we listening to the news more than we're listening to the Holy Spirit? Right? Sometimes I think we know too much. Because it causes us to worry about something that we can't even control. Something that's going on on the other side of the world. And be like, oh, well, it causes us to pray for that. Are you praying or are you just complaining about it? Amen? Woo, I am in your business today. I want you guys to get this. God is more concerned about availability than he is about your ability. A lot of times we disqualify ourselves because we think we're not good enough at something, but really, Samuel probably wasn't the best. He was going to be the last judge, the, the prophet that anoints the first two kings of Israel. We don't know if he was able to do it but guess what he was available God's always going to choose somebody who's available more than somebody who's more able because God looks at the heart right man looks at the outward oh they're way better looking than me oh they're more slim than me oh they actually can run oh uh, the way they, that person speaks man it just I, I can't get up there and, and do that right and we um disqualify ourselves before we even do it because guess what there's this something called the anointing that comes on you the grace of God that comes on you when you step out and be available to God amen God loves to do extraordinary things through ordinary people I'm one of those people right you're one of those people look at Moses he was definitely not able to lead the people out of Israel but he was available. He was out there in the wilderness doing absolutely nothing. I think that's pretty available, right? What about, uh, um, who else? Jesus. Jesus made himself available. It would have been easy for Jesus to just say, oh, I'm doing real good in my carpenter business. I'm just going to stay doing this. I'm going to stay busy with it. But he knew that wasn't the ultimate call in his life, right? He made sure that he was available, so look to your neighbor and say, God is more concerned about you being available than you being able. Yeah, doing a double take like that. I like it. All right. So see, if we go back to the story, Samuel was exactly where he was supposed to be. 
that allow God to hear him. That's why it's so important for us to come to church. Church isn't a religious duty. It's not something we do because it's the right thing to do. No, no, no. We do it because we will hear some things that we need to hear, like today, and we can go back and apply it, and we're equipped to minister to people to invite them to Christmas Eve service. Christmas in the Valley, we're calling it, right? If you're not spending enough time with God, no wonder you're timid to share your faith with somebody. What does Paul say? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it's the power of God unto salvation. That's the power of God. But if you're not confident in your own relationship with him, why would you tell somebody else about him? Amen? We're more confident with God when we spend more time with him. Look at the, I don't know what verse it is, but it says, um, back where we were reading, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. I think that's verse 6 or 7 or something like that. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message of the Lord before. Another translation says that he did not have a relationship with the Lord yet. And I think the Lord's calling us Dominic, Dominic, Candy, Candy, Brian, Brian. And we're, he's right there. He's calling our name. But because we haven't put time and, and energy and a little word called work into our relationship, we can't hear him. That's the only reason Samuel didn't know his voice is because he hadn't had a personal relationship with Jesus yet. Or excuse me, well, yeah, with Jesus, with God, right? All right, so this is, this is kind of what it all comes together in. Wherever you're currently at with your relationship with God is because that's where you want it to be. That's the whole point of this message right here. Wherever you are currently at with your relationship with God is because that's where you want it to be. Think about it. You know, it's good, good or bad, right? Say you have a really good relationship with God. It could get better, right? Or say it's bad. I was talking to somebody called the church this week, and uh, he was crying because he hadn't talked to God in years, he said. But he had something happen to him, so he was telling me about it. But he said, I haven't talked to God for years and years and years. And I said, why? He said, I don't after everything that I've done, why would he want to talk to me? I said, well, you don't know the grace of God, man. You don't know what the blood of Jesus has done. He said, you know, he's saying something about how God has left him. I'm like, God never left you because he was born again when he was, a, when he was like eight or nine. I said, God hasn't left you. No, 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 he's been there the whole time. He just was waiting for you to talk to him. He was with you through all that stuff that, you, that you've done. He's been there through all that stuff you've done. Good or bad, right? He's your, like your number one fan. He's cheering you on. Amen? I'm glad I got the creator of planets as my number one fan. Amen? What's funny is it's the one relationship where it's all up to you how close you want to be. You know, a lot of people say it takes two for a relationship totally right. But with God, it only takes you. Because guess what? He's always going to want to talk to you. He's always going to be there. He's never going to uh, burn you, right? He's never going to put you on, uh, he's never going to swipe right and reject the call, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sure sometimes Rachel does that to me. No, she doesn't. 
But seriously though, he never swipes right. He never hits the reject button. How many of us are calling him? Check, check, check. Dun, dun, dun. Are you guys happy this morning? This is actually a happy message. Because guess what? You can fix it. Like ASAP. Like, you could call him right now and be like, well, not right now. No, I'm just kidding. You could call him right now. Talk to him right now. On the inside, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I have not been spending enough time with you. Forgive me. I repent. And I purpose from now on to spend more time with you. That's it. It's that easy. It'll be like, it's about time. <laughs> so I'm going to um, wrap this into what we've been hearing on joy, right? Because it's really hard to get joyful about things when you're not spending time with him. Put on the screen Psalm 1611. You don't have to turn there. It's going to be out of the New King James, Psalm 1611. I, we quote this scripture quite often, but um, we need to be a doer of it. So guess what? You will show me the path of life. I just don't know what life has for me. I just don't know what I'm called to do. Well, it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So that's telling me if you don't know the path for your life or the next step in your life, then you're not spending enough time in his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is pleasures forevermore. In his presence is guidance. Amen? Amen. Easy fix. Say easy fix. Easy fix. Easy fix. Easy fix. And it's not like, oh, I had to call my soundbar company this week because my soundbar just started making this absolutely horrific, high pitch feedback squeaking. And I'm pretty sure, well, that's, I'm, I'm believing that my hearing's still 100%, praise the Lord. It was absolutely terrible. And guess what? I call them, they put me on hold. I call them, we are experiencing higher than normal volume of calls please uh, let us know if this is a good number to contact you at. I said, okay, yes. 45 minutes later, I get a call back. Hi, are you available? To, you know, this is all automated. Hi, are you available to take the call right now? Yes, press one, yes. It rings twice, hangs up. It happened like five times. I'm thinking to myself, I'm gonna throw this sound bar in the trash and I'm gonna go spend more money at Best Buy. But guess what? That never happens with God. He's never going to put you on hold or say, Hi, I'm experiencing a higher volume of prayer requests right now, and I cannot seem to, to grasp it on. I'll call you back in 45. No. He is so vast and so big that he can handle every conversation of us in the room, of us in the world, at the same time. Whoa, that is multitasking. Mind blown. I mean, when I'm on the couch looking at my phone and Rachel's trying to talk to me, I can't hear what she's saying. I cannot multitask at the same time. I cannot scroll through Instagram and have her talk to me at the same time, right? It's terrible. It frustrates her. I know it, and I still do it anyway. But the thing is, I can't hear. I'm in noise cancellation mode when I'm scrolling on Instagram or I'm reading an article, right? But how many of us, that's us too. We're like... Scrolling on our phones, scrolling through life, and God's talking to us. He's trying to talk to us, but we're in noise cancellation mode. 
No, 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 we need to be in transparency mode all the time. We need to set aside substantial time, whatever that means to you. Um, the Lord knows what that is for each and every one of you. But he also wants to talk throughout the day. The Bible says acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, right? So it, even in that moment of, man, what should I eat for lunch? And you're debating between Wendy's and Subway, the Holy Spirit's probably going to lead you to Subway because he wants you to eat fresh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go back to the Psalm 1611. <laughs> yeah, let's just say dad bod is going away in Jesus' name. All right, so it says, you will show me the path of life. You're, in your presence is fullness of joy. So if all you're seeing are all the negatives in life, that's a pretty good sign that you're not spending enough time with God. If what you're doing, I'm going to be honest if I'm giving myself a grade, an F through an A on how joyful I've been the last couple of weeks, probably at most a C plus, if I'm being honest. Some things have happened, some things have tried to come up, and I just haven't been doing a good job. And I had to re-examine why. It's because I'm not spending enough time with God. More importantly, I'm not spending him enough time before the day starts. So if all you see are all the negatives in life, you're, spending, you're not spending enough time with God. When your favorite phrases are, what if? Or, what about this? Or, what about that? Or, but this? Or, but that? You're not spending enough time with the Lord. That's a pretty good indication. But, 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 get your booty out of the way. Just get it out of the way. Stop butting around. Seriously. I'm talking to me, too. That has been some of my favorite phrases the last couple of weeks. Because we can, if we can justify it, right? We can justify our bad attitude. It, it, we feel better about it. But it's not fixing anything, right? It's not fixing anything. So if we're not joyful, if, we haven't, if it's been too hard to apply what we've been hearing, then we're not spending enough time in his presence. And I don't, I don't care what circumstances I may face, situations, experiences I've had, the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. And I'm going to stand on that. And I'm going to believe that. No matter what I'm feeling, right? And feelings, you know, we can't be led by feelings, but feelings aren't necessarily always bad. God has feelings. God probably is a tiny bit sad that, he, that you maybe not want to spend time as, as much time with him as he wants to spend with you. I mean, think about it. When your kids grow up, they move away. They're not in the house anymore. All, all the, all the uh, um, older people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom's over there, oh, yeah, I still want you to live at my house. And I'm like, no, mom, that's never happening. <laughs> but we don't spend as much time together as we used to, and it's sad, right? How much more is that? How, how much more does God feel? When you're able to spend time with him at any point of the day, at any moment. And he's not mad at you, but it probably makes him a little bit sad. He's like, sister, brother, son, daughter, I just want to hang out with you. I just want to talk to you. Tell me how your day went. How do I talk to God? I don't know, start out with saying how your day went. He already knows, but he still wants you to say it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. 
How do you talk to God? Well, how do you talk to your parents? That's probably a bad, hopefully you talk to your parents pretty decent, but how do you talk to your friends, right? How do you talk to people? Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Be honest with him because he already knows. No point in being fake with him like you can be fake with other people, right? He already knows. Just get it out there. You know, being in the presence of the Lord is a safe place to vent. I think sometimes we vent to people and we're supposed to be venting to God. And that's not being in faith. That's you getting it off your chest because a lot of people hold it in and they're not supposed to. God wants to carry your burdens. God wants to carry your pain, your anxiety, the cares, right? He said, take my yoke. It's easy. It's light. It's easy. Give it to him. He wants to bear it for you. Amen? Man, I'm like, I am really advertising good for God right now. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to carry your burdens, your pain, your anxiety, your depression. He wants to provide for you materially. But, you know, mo- you know, prosperity is a lot more than money. It's peace and joy and health, right? Like Pastor says, days in the hospital aren't healthy days, right? They're not good days. Being healthy is a money saver, right? And he wants to do all that for you. Amen? Amen. I love Jesus. That's why he came and died. That's the biggest reason of it all, is to have a relationship with you. To talk to you. When he was in the garden and he was battling the temptation to not do it, not my will but your will be done, I know we say it all the time, but he was picturing you. He was picturing all the people that he'd be able to spend eternity with, you know, talk to forever and ever and ever. He saw a family. Isn't that good? And, and we don't take advantage of it. We don't take advantage of being able to commune with our, with our God, with the God who is our Father because of what Jesus did. Amen? So I want to tell you this. Own the morning. Is brushing your teeth important to anybody? Oh, come on. No hands raised? No wonder it stinks in here. Golly. How many of you guys brush your teeth before? All right, the 5% of you that didn't raise your hand, please brush your teeth. How many of you guys is important to put clothes on? Aren't you glad I didn't get here nude? (laughs) Terrible sight, right? Terrible. Get your mind out of the gutter right now. Seriously, though, is it important to comb your hair, to look nice? Ladies, to put makeup on, right? Because you guys do that. I don't. But it's important, right? Why is it important? Well, because it's important to you, right? So why are we leaving the house before we spend time with God? Is not spending time with God more important than brushing our teeth? Is it not more important than combing our hair? I heard this, and I'm going to be honest with you, I still haven't done it as much as I could. I did it about halfway through this last week, and I'm preaching this. But I'm a millennial. I don't like to wake up. I like to sleep. The staff will soon be reading a book on five things successful people do before 8 a.m. by Terry... And um, 
we're dreading reading that book <laughs> because we really like to sleep, huh, Brian? Yep, praise the Lord, hallelujah. The Bible says he gives us sweet sleep. But we got to own the morning. We got to own it. Amen? We'd be like, well, I got, I got to get these kids ready. I got to get this ready. I got to make sure my teeth have, or yeah, I got to make sure I brush my teeth. I got to make sure my kids have clothes. I got to make sure they eat. I got to make sure that they don't put two right shoes on. What is that? Excuses? I'm a parent now. I know. It's crazy. Judah just annihilated his diaper this morning. Thank God I didn't have to deal with it. It was Rachel, because I was in the shower. I said, baby, I'm in the presence of the Lord right now. You're going to have to handle that. <laughs> but stuff happens. It actually happened to me a couple days ago. I was by myself, and he annihilated everything. Man, it was everywhere. And I'm like, this is a big inconvenience. <laughs> I'm like, because I had my day planned, right? I was do this, do this, do that. But you know what's funny is I look through the New Testament and most of the miracles Jesus did were in the middle of an inconvenience. He was on his way doing, to do something else. He was doing this and this person came up and needed healing. It could be an inconvenience for us to spend time with him some days, right? But he made time for them. He'll always make time for you. So let's make time for him, amen? All right, so I'm going to challenge you. Spend, spend every day in the morning. Now, the Bible says to do it day and night, but I really feel like the Lord's saying, own the morning. So before you leave for your day, spend time with God. Challenge you, start with at least five minutes. Like I said, maybe he's challenging you to do more than that. But we can at least do five minutes with the Lord, right? What if he's about ready to tell you, Wait 10 minutes before you get in your car and leave. Because if you leave right now, you're going to get in an accident. But we missed it because we were, we were in noise cancellation mode. We were too busy. Uh, da, 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 I got to do this, do that, do this, do that. No, 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 we need to slow down. We live in a microwave society, but that's not the way the Lord operates. Just because the society's operating that way, that doesn't mean the Lord operates like that. He never changes, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right, so can we do that? Can we do that? Can we own the morning? Can we spend at least five minutes or whatever he's telling you to spend time with him? Can we do that? All right, praise the Lord, hallelujah. All right, second thing is be where you're called to be. Be your job, church, um, what, whatever that may be. Those are the two biggies that I could think of. But be where you're called to be because that's where Samuel was and that's how he was able to hear the voice of the Lord. And here's the other thing. Stay planted. Stay planted. And when you're spending time in his presence, joy will be a lot easier to express when you're faced with um, not good circumstances, not good situations. The life of faith doesn't mean you're never going to have problems. That's a big misconception. No, 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 no. We have faith that we're getting through the problems, right? The mountain will still pop up, but we have faith that we can speak to the mountain, right? But if you're not spending time with God, how can, you, how can you be confident to say to that mountain, be removed? If you don't have confidence that your God is bigger than that mountain. Amen? Third thing, serve in your church. We've still got a ton of openings on the helps team. Serve in your church. 
God can use people to speak to you. When you're plugged in and planted, he'll speak through the pulpit. He'll speak through maybe your leader, a friend. God can speak through people, amen? Samuel first heard the voice of God because he was serving the Lord by serving Eli. Put that scripture back up, 1 Samuel 3.1. That's what it says. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. That's what the New Living says. Uh, this one says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. How did he minister to the Lord? By serving Eli. I don't have to serve in my church to, to serve the Lord. I don't know. Samuel's, the Bible says Samuel was serving the Lord because he was serving Eli. So if you're called to, which we all are, serve, plug in, stay planted. That's part of you hearing well done at the end of your life. Amen? So right now I want to honor anybody who's been coming and serving to the church for over 10 plus years. I would like you to stand up. Stand up. 10 plus years. Stand up. 10 plus years. Yeah, give them a hand clap. Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. I won't make you stand. I was going to make you stand up for like 20 minutes, but that would have been weird. Make me feel uncomfortable. I want to honor you guys because you are examples of what it means to stay planted and what it means to be faithful. And I just crossed my 10-year, and um, I know a lot of you have been serving twice as long as that. And I just wanted to say thank you because it can be easy to leave. It can be easy to get unplugged. But you guys are examples because you, stay, you stood planted and... Um, you know, I see the fruit in your guys' lives. So why don't we give them one more hand clap? <laughs> but really, it hasn't been easy, right, Greg? Right, Candy? It's not always sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and all that, you know, that one song, dun, 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 where people are like, you know, um, skipping through the field. And it's like this really nice, you know, iridescent, um, Never mind. <laughs> and it's not always like that. It can be tough sometimes. But I guarantee you, if you're spending time with Jesus, if you're spending time in his presence, you're going to be able to go, eh. And it might start out like that. It might be, eh. But then it could be, ah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, unexpected bill? Oh. Okay. And you're like sweating. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the flu. And you're like, Ugh. and you're like, <laughs> but you're still smiling, right? You know, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Trust me, I tried frowning for a while. It's terrible. You're like, my, my, my face hurts. I'm like, wow, it really does. I never believed that when they said that in school, but it does. I'm going to purpose to spend more time with God. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Amen? All right, I'll, I got to close here. So I got one more, one more scripture in closing. Jeremiah, I actually ended last time I was up here at Jeremiah 29, 11, But it's now it's for, for different reasons. Because I think a lot of times we do this scripture injustice because we just leave it at that. Has anybody ever read verse 12 and 13? I had it for a while. I got Jeremiah 29, 11 plastered everywhere in my mind. 
And then I heard a preacher say, at least do it justice by reading 12 and 13. And I'm like, what is 12 and 13? What does it mean? What does it say? So what does it say? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So if he knows the plans, that's probably indicating that we don't, right? I know the plans. Can we know the plans? Yeah, what does 12 say? Then you, will, then you will call on me and come and what? Pray to me. And what? I will listen to you. What? What does 13 say? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your, all your heart or your whole heart. Wow, mind blown. That's how Jeremiah 29, 11 actually works. That's how I know the plans. Go back. Let's just read it again. What does 12 say? Then you will call. We just need to read it together. Ready? One, two, three. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Next verse. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Woo! I think that's a good place to stop. So why don't you guys stand up? Man, I purpose that I am going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to seek him with my whole heart. I'm going to seek him when it's convenient, and I'm going to seek him when it's not convenient. Amen?